for Children's Church. Children dismissed for Children's Church, Galatians chapter number 5 this morning. And I uh, want to thank Casey. Uh, she did the um, arrangement down here on the, um, on the communion table this morning. And she did such a good job and appreciate Casey doing that for us uh, uh, this morning. And uh, always good to have mom uh, in the services, Wendy's mom's up, and uh, appreciate her being in the services. And Dan and Corinne, good to see them this morning in the services. And their son, uh, Aston, and his bride are here, and we appreciate them being with us uh, uh, as well uh, in uh, the services. And uh, always counted an honor uh, to have uh, friends and family uh, with us. Last week, as was already um, stated, was um, VBS Sunday. Well, it was also, um, it was also um, 4th of July Sunday, and just kind of how, how it fell. Matter of fact, uh, come to think of it, it was VBS Sunday, it was uh, 4th of July Sunday, and it was our 14th year anniversary. And so you can't do everything in one service, and so um, VBS was such a great week and um, had uh, such a great... Um, uh, turnout and a group of kids uh, had a great um, uh, dinner on the grounds and a VBS Sunday last week, so we're glad about that. Uh, but I didn't, I didn't really get to preach on um, on the Fourth of July and on on on, on the subject of freedom and uh, and independence and liberty, whatever you want to call it, uh, or however you want to state it, that we find. Uh, uh, in our world, but then also in the Bible. So it's an interesting thing. We were talking about it this morning in Sunday school. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of subjects and there's a lot of words that are used um, in, in our world today uh, that are the same word as we find in the Bible, but they differ in meaning. So we were talking about this morning, loving the Word of God and, and um, you know, the, the subject of love differs vastly from the world in the Bible. And um, we kind of throw around that word love uh, from time to time. Um, you know, I, you know, I, I'll, we went over to um, Sam and Jacobs and Sam um, made some steaks. Man, they were good too. And, uh, and I said, man, I tell you something, I love that steak. Now, you, you know what I mean, but in the sense of the Bible, you know, that's just a word, um, it's a different meaning, a different word that we use, uh, um, and a um, uh, different meaning from, from, from what the world uses is what the Bible talks about. Liberty is the same thing. So, we celebrate freedom, 4th of July, right? Uh, there are times, Memorial Day, uh, Labor Day, all these different times that, that we kind of celebrate um, uh, our, our freedoms that we have in our country, and we have this idea somewhere in the back of our uh, back of our minds that freedom means that we can do anything we want, anytime we want, wherever we want, uh, because we're free. And um, and it, and that's a misconception uh, because we don't have the freedom without consequences, right? So if you I guess you have the freedom to rob a bank if you want to, but you're going to go to jail, okay? Because that's the consequences uh, to breaking the law. Because there are laws put in place uh, to protect people, and so you don't have the liberty 
to do whatever you want to do. Now, do we have more liberties than places like China? You know, like North Korea? Yeah, I mean, we have more liberties uh, than they do. Often I'll read stuff uh, um, that somebody puts out on Facebook or Instagram or, or, or they'll put something out on a blog that uh, just kind of bashes America and bashes. And I said, head on, head on over to North Korea and, and talk like that and see, see where that gets you. Uh, why? Because they don't have the freedoms that we do. So, yes, we are free. But another misconception or something that has been forgotten, even though we celebrate it, something that we have forgotten is that freedom is not free. Freedom is not free. People through the centuries, people through the ages have paid a price so that you can enjoy the freedoms that you enjoy uh, in, um, in your life. You have the freedom to disagree publicly with the President of the United States, no matter who that President is. You have uh, the freedoms to, uh, 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 we have the freedoms uh, to preach uh, of the Word of God. We have f- certain inalienable rights uh, in our country today because some people gave all so that we can have those freedoms. So freedom is not free. And so as we look at liberty that we see in the Bible, we look at Galatians chapter number 5. Galatians chapter number 5, verse 1, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you, that if you be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, ye are fallen from grace. For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. He says... In verse number one, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. Christ has made us free. And I want to talk to you just a little bit this morning about the liberty that we find or the freedom that we find written in the Word of God. First of all, I want to talk about the finding of freedom, the finding of freedom. Freedom. There are three elements in the finding of freedom. There are three things that uh, are we find here in uh, Galatians chapter number five that uh, give us this understanding of what freedom is according to the Word of God. Understand this: God's word's not according to you or according to me. It's according to thus saith the Lord. So there are some things in life that I understand. There's some things in life that I don't understand. Okay? So if something goes wrong, uh, for instance, I'll give you a for instance. The other day, mom and dad are up, and dad was trying to get the TV going. Well, he's using this remote to get the TV going. Well, the remote doesn't work. So you have to go on your phone, because I'm too cheap, Pay $30 for another remote. I can't, you know, I'm paying them monthly and they want to charge me $30. That's not, I'm okay, I'm not bitter. But anyways, 
So Kyle figured out how I can use my phone. So I got a Roku remote on my telephone. So I can do everything on the phone, and then we've got a sound bar that you have the, the, the extra one. So that's it, folks. That's all I know. So Dad pushed some buttons, and I don't know what happened. And Dad said, I don't know what happened. I need to get the TV on. I said, that's no problem. I got it on my, I got it on my phone. Boop, turned it on. Well, somehow, the sound bar internally got disconnected from the television. That's all I know. I pushed every button on the remote. I mean, and so, so we're sitting there, and Dad's watching the news with no sound. I was like, this is, this is fun. And uh, I said, you're going to have to wait for Kyle to get home because I have no idea how to get that. I have no idea how that works. I don't know what buttons to push. There are some things in life I do not understand. Can I tell you this? There are some things in the Bible that I don't understand. For some reason, I think some people think that the preacher is supposed to know everything. I mean, he's supposed to have it all figured out. I mean, if I don't have the answer, just go to the preacher because he has the answer. Well, he doesn't always have the answer. And some things God doesn't tell us, and so we don't understand. But the things God does, the things that God does tell us, we have to believe and understand this is what God says, not what man says. You see, there's a, there's, a, there's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the ways thereof are the ways of death. Okay? So we're not, we're not, we're not perfect. We're flawed. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous. No, not even one. We are all flawed. I mean, th- listen, your, your spouse might try to get points and call you perfect and all this, but you're not. Okay? I'm just going to let you know, you're not an angel, you're not perfect, we're all sinners, and if we're saved, praise God, we're sinners saved by grace. But it's not according to my word, it's according to God's word. So when we want to understand something, we've got to go to the source. We've got to go to what, uh, uh, to what thus saith the Lord. So what are these elements that we have to find if we're going to have liberty in our life, biblical liberty or biblical freedom in our life. Element number one, Jesus Christ. Element number one is Christ. Verse number one, stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. I want you to know something. You cannot set yourself free spiritually. The person sitting next to you, the person sitting across from you, the person sitting in this uh, auditorium, a person in this world cannot set you free. Not spiritually. We can only be set free through Jesus Christ. He's our hope. I mean, if we're going to be free, then it's going to have to be through the Son. If we're going to be free, and by the way, if we're going to have a relationship with God, Now, if you took a survey in our world today and asked the average person if they would like to have a relationship with God, probably I would would venture to say that the majority would say yes. But here's the problem. The problem is, who are you saying is God? Because this idea that God is a higher power or that God could be... Buddha or Confucius or Joseph Smith or some other false god is not according to the Word of God. 
Okay? So either God is true, and God's word is true, or it isn't. There's no, there's no middle ground. And so when we're talking about the word of God, we're talking about liberty, we're talking about relationship with God. The only way to have a relationship with God is through Jesus Christ. Jesus said in John chapter 14, don't you love that chapter? I mean, it's one of my favorite chapters in all of the word of God. Certainly one of my favorite chapters in the New Testament. And, and Jesus is comforting his disciples. He says, don't, 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 don't worry yourself. Uh, don't, don't be torn apart. Don't, 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 get your, don't get yourself uh, all fretted up. Listen, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And then I'm going to come back and I'm going to, I'm going to receive you unto myself. And, and where I am, here's the promise. Where I am, there ye may be also. This is what he, this is what he tells him in John 14. And then in verse number 5, a question is asked. Well, how can we know the way? By the way, that's a good question. You're talking about this place. You're talking about being us being with you forever. How can we know that way? I don't want to guess. I don't want to cross my fingers and cross my toes and, and carry a lucky rabbit's foot. I want to know how I can know for sure. By the way, 1 John 5, 13 tells us how we can know for sure. That we can know that we know that we know that we have eternal life. And Jesus answered his disciples after they asked that question, how can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way. You remember when, you remember when they sent for Jesus when Lazarus was sick? And Jesus waited four days. He didn't wait four days by accident, by the way. God didn't do anything by accident. He did everything on purpose. So he waits four days and he comes and Lazarus is dead. Mary and Martha are distraught. It's their brother. Very close friends of Jesus. Every time Jesus came through Bethany, they stayed, he stayed with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Very close friends. So Mary was distraught. Martha was distraught. When Jesus finally came after those four days, she came out to meet Jesus and said to Jesus, if you were only here. If you were here, you could have healed him and he would have never died. And Jesus, the whole time, I imagine, thinking, you can't even imagine what I'm about to do. And he said to her, and he's trying to teach her these lessons, and he says to her, he says, uh, um, do you believe in the resurrection? And Martha said, Lord, yes, I believe in the resurrection. And he gives another I am statement. He said, I am the resurrection. You see, Jesus was also saying in John 14, verse number 6, I am the way. He's not a resurrection, and he's not a way. He is the resurrection, and he is the way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You want hope? You want a relationship with God? You want a home in heaven? It's going to only be through the person of Jesus Christ. Unfortunately, like I said, we go out, probably the average person in the world would say, yes, I want a relationship with God. But if you followed that question up with, well, you have to go through Jesus Christ, then the, the percentage probably won't be as high. For some reason, we want to take Jesus out of the equation. You can't take Jesus out of the equation. It's kind of like this equation, okay? Real simple. Two plus two equals four, okay? Well, I don't like one of the twos, so I'm going to take one of the twos out of the equation. Two plus 
nothing no longer equals four, right? It's, it's a completely different equation. It's no, longer the, it's no longer the truth. You take Jesus Christ out of the equation. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. You take him out. You have no way. You have no truth. And you have no life. Jesus Christ is the first element and the most important element when it comes to the liberty that we have. We want freedom. We want to be free, but we have a misconception of what that freedom is. You see, we think or the world thinks that they're free without Christianity. But let me tell you something. The Bible says that you are in bondage. You are in bondage to your sin. You're in bondage to this world. It's kind of like the prodigal son who, who went and, and, and blew all this, all this money, all of his inheritance on riotous living. And where did he end up? He ended up in a pig pen. I'll tell you what this world is. It's, it's the pig pen. All I got to do is look around you. It doesn't, listen, it doesn't take a biblical scholar to figure out that we're in trouble in our world. We're in trouble politically. I mean, we're in trouble uh, spiritually. I mean, we're, we are heading in the wrong direction. I, I love this statement, and I've used it before, uh, but I heard it years and years and years ago. I heard this old, uh, uh, old black preacher, he said this. He said, if God doesn't judge the United States of America, he's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. That was a powerful statement. By the way, that was years and years and years ago. And I look at our world today and I'm thinking to myself, you ever just scratch your head and go, huh? You think to yourself, what are are people thinking? What brought us to this point? How did we get so far? Here it is. It's simple. It's one three-letter word, S-I-N, sin. But let me tell you what's happened. We've got this idea that we're free. And every man has done right in his own eyes. He's done that which is right in his own eyes. And when you do that which is right in your own eyes, remember you used to say in in the FBI, you do that which is right in your own eyes, you do that which is wrong in God's eyes. Often, you do that which is wrong in God's eyes. And we're going all, I mean, all over the place in our world today. And we think we're free, but we're in bondage. We are absolute uh, uh, bondage in our world today. And Christ is the answer. Christ will make you free. Christ will set you free. Think about this, John chapter number 8. Back into the gospel, uh, gospel according to John. John chapter number 8, verse number 36. John chapter 8, verse number 36. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free... Ye shall be free indeed. It's Christ that makes us free. If you want to be set free, then it's only Christ that can set us free. You remember, we go back to Martha, and, and Mary came out, and boy, they went to the, they went to the, uh, the sepulcher, and, 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 and Jesus said, roll the stone away. And they rolled the stone away, and he raised Lazarus from the tomb, and, and D.L. Moody said, the reason that he called Lazarus by name 
is because otherwise he would have raised everybody from the dead. I mean, that's the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he raises Lazarus from the tomb and he comes out. And then one of my favorite parts of that whole story is when Jesus says to the people, loose him and set him free. Remember, he was bound in grave clothes. I mean, that was the, that was the uh, custom of the day. And he was bound in, in these clothes. And, and Jesus said, set him free. Why? Because Jesus Christ is the one that sets us free. So the first element is Christ. The second element is conviction. The second element is conviction. This idea that we can just shake hands and you're saved is not, is not a biblical concept. This idea that if you just pray these words, you'll be saved is not a biblical concept. Because I want you to know something. If it were, I, I, I would be okay with that if it were, because then I would do everything I could to get anybody I could to repeat those words. Family, friends, co-workers. I mean, I'd get everybody, I'd get everybody to say those words. It's not a set of words that we say. It's not just agreeing on being saved. It has to do with Holy Spirit conviction. Without conviction, listen, you don't hear this a lot, but I'm telling you, it's the truth of the Word of God. Without conviction, there is no salvation. There's got to be conviction. We know, we understand. Now listen, nobody had to tell me I was a sinner. I I, I did a pretty good job of of wrecking my life. I, I knew that I was a sinner. But part of conviction is the Holy Spirit of God convicts us of our sins and knows it. Listen, how are you ever going to know that you need to be rescued if you don't know that you're lost? You've got to understand, you've got to have the knowledge that we are lost and undone without Jesus Christ. And without conviction, there is no salvation. Think about this, back over in the Gospel according to John, back where we just were, John chapter number 16. John chapter number 16, we talk, about, we talk about the Holy Spirit, right? John chapter 16, verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's Jesus speaking, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you, but I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness, and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me. Listen to me. You don't come out of the womb believing in God. You come out of the womb a sinner. That's who you are. That's who we're made up of. Uh, 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 What we're made up of is sin, and they believe not. So what does the Holy Spirit of God do? The Holy Spirit of God convicts, so that we might be converted. He convicts that we might be converted. You want to be set free? Starts with Christ. You see, Jesus Christ knew and understood that you had no chance of heaven. So Jesus Christ willingly gave of Himself, came to this sin-sick world, now, there's a song, and people get on to me all the time when I pick on this song. It's a good song, but 
The song says they searched all over heaven to look for a Savior. No, no. There was only one qualified, okay? Gabriel couldn't die for your sin. Another angel couldn't die for your sin. Abraham couldn't die for your sin. There's no man that could die for our sin. Who had to die for our sin? God had to die for our sins. And so Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, came. He lived a sinless and a perfect life because He was the spotless Lamb. You remember John? Remember John was baptizing in the river and Jesus came and John said, There He is! The Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. Yeah, you talk about a statement. There He is! It's not me, John said. It's not this baptism. He's the answer. It's Jesus Christ. And He lived that perfect life, that spotless life. Gave His life on the cross. You know what the Bible says? Think about this. Jesus Christ didn't just die for your sins. The Bible says He became sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Our righteousness, Isaiah says, is filthy, dirty, rotten rags. That's our best. That's our righteousness. So what do we need? Our righteousness isn't going to cut it. Our righteousness isn't going to make it. What do we need? We need the righteousness of Jesus Christ imputed onto our account. And what 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 a day that was. For me, and I'm sure if you're saved, what a day that was for you. The day that you accepted Jesus Christ into your heart and your life for the forgiveness of your sins. And now, I want you to understand this concept. When God sees you, if you're saved, He sees His Son in you. Don't dislocate your shoulder trying to pat yourself on the back. We are unrighteous people. We are unholy people. It's the righteousness of God. It's the righteousness of Jesus Christ that's now put onto our account. I could have nothing in the bank. I'm absolutely zero in the bank. But if somebody put a million dollars into my account, that million dollars is now mine. It was given to me. It was imputed to me, and now, hey, it looks like I'm a millionaire. Am I? Yeah, but ain't nothing I did. I mean, it wasn't none of my money. It was somebody else that put it onto my account. It's not my righteousness. It's the righteousness of Jesus Christ that was imputed onto my account. What a day that was when I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. And from that day to this, I wish I could say, I wish I could say I made every decision right. I wish I could say that everything I said was, was, was good. I wish I, every single action. You know, I, I wish I was the perfect pastor. I wish I was the perfect husband. I wish I was the perfect father. But I'm not. And, and none of us are. Because we're all faulted. But man, the day I got saved... The day I trusted Christ as my Savior, I knew Philippians 4 to be true. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. See, it's Christ that makes the difference in your life. You want to be set free? It's Christ in you. Think about this. You want to be set free, you got to become a slave. 
Now you go home and chew on that for a little while. Because that's what we are. We're servants of Jesus Christ. That's what we are. Now, we're, we're one of two things. You're one of two things this morning, right now. You're either a servant to sin, or you're a servant to Jesus Christ. And when I think of servant, I don't think of freedom. Not in the sense that we think of freedom. But you know what God's done? He has set you free so that you no longer have to serve sin, but you can now serve Christ. That's what freedom is. And it comes through conviction. Do you know, we're not only convicted uh, to be saved, but then after we're saved, God continues through the Holy Spirit of God to convict us uh, to go in the right direction, to make the right decision. How many in here, I don't do this very often, but how many in here say that I have accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior? Okay, I'll close my eyes, I won't look. Okay. So God has, God has saved you, right? Have you ever, since the day you were saved to this day, have you ever done something wrong and the Holy Spirit just gets all over you, right? Sometimes we say, well, you know, it's my conscience. No, if you're saved, it's the Holy Spirit saying, hold on, you shouldn't be saying that. Wait a minute, you shouldn't be doing that. Hey, stop. So sometimes I wonder, of course, I can't see the heart, I can only... I can only see the outward man. God looks on the heart. But sometimes I wonder how people can act the way they do and never be bothered by the way they act, the way they talk, the way they're so critical and judgmental, and the way that they're so mean-spirited. And you scratch your head and you wonder yourself. Now, again, I can't tell who's saved and who's not because I can't see somebody's heart. But I wonder because let me tell you something. When you get saved and you trust Jesus Christ as your Savior and you go out and do the things you shouldn't be doing, Holy Spirit's all over you. I was just saved. I mean, not long at all. Wendy and I were talking um, and writing letters. That's what you did back then. There was no cell phones. There was no other. If you wanted to talk on the telephone, you went to a payphone, right? I was in the military. And um, I was on the phone, we were talking, and, and I kind of hung up abruptly. And I said, oh, I got to go. And, and I hung up, and me and about four or five other guys were going to go to the sports bar uh, on base. And, um, and I was going to just watch the game. Because, by the way, nobody had big screen TVs in their homes either. You know, I mean, you wanted to, you wanted to watch something on a big screen, you had to go to someplace like that. And so, so, I, so I jumped in the car. I remember this car. I mean, it was two seats, and then the, the door opened, and you had to, remember those cars, and you had to pull the seat up, and everybody climbed in the back. There was five of us in this little, like, it was like a Fiat. I mean, it wasn't quite that small, but it was tiny. And I got back there, and, man, I started sweating. I'm thinking, man, it's hot in here. And I started thinking to myself, and the Holy Spirit the whole time's going, you really want to go there? You really want to do this? You really, and we're driving down the road, and man, I, I started getting uncomfortable, and I started getting, I didn't understand, I, listen, I don't understand any of that stuff. I mean, I was just newly saved, I hadn't been discipled, none of that stuff, and I'm thinking to myself, I, I have got, I'm about to explode, and I told him, stop the car! You know, they thought, I don't know, they thought I was going crazy or something. I said, let me out. Well, of course, everybody's got to get out, lift the seat up, you know, the whole nine yards, and I remember Jumping out, I said, Sprayer, what is, what is your problem? I said, I can't go. And I started 
I started running back to the payphone. And I picked up the payphone and I called Wendy back and we talked, you know, we talked about it. And she said, look, you know, you, you were under conviction. Do you know from that day to this, I'm glad for the conviction of the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit has convicted me and helped me. Now, sometimes I've ignored him. Not a smart idea, by the way. It's not going not gonna to go well for your life. But sometimes I've ignored them and paid for, the, paid for that. Sometimes I've listened, and I was, I was so glad I did. See, the Holy Spirit not only convicts us for salvation, but He convicts us for service. He convicts us in our everyday life. And so uh, uh, element number one is Christ. Element number two is, um, is conviction. Element number three is calling. Is calling. Verses 5 and 6, back in Galatians chapter 5, verses 5 and 6. For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Understand this. Your works, no matter how great they are, cannot save you. You can be baptized, you can go to church, you can memorize the catechism, you can do, I mean, you can be confirmed, you can do anything you want to, but none of those things will save your soul. Only Jesus Christ will save your soul. And let me tell you what Jesus is doing. Let me tell you what he's doing to all men. He is calling them. Your phone ever ring? Our phone, listen. We don't have a phone anymore. The only reason we have a phone line is because of Internet. So we don't even have a phone anymore because we have, we have these cell phones. Well, now on these cell phones, right, the phone will ring, and you look down, and sometimes it'll tell you who it is. Right? I had this person. Wendy will be mad that I told this story. But I had this person. They're no longer here. But I had this person that bothered me all the time. In case you didn't know, I don't talk to women on the phone. I just, I just don't do it, okay? If it is, it's very, very brief. And so this person kept calling me and kept calling me and kept calling me and kept calling me, and I could not. Well, I figured out, I don't know how I figured it out, maybe Kyle, that you can, you can, you can use different ringtones for different people. Some of them I changed back because it was not, not, not nice. But this one, like, every time she called, the phone would go, roo, 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 and start barking like a dog. And I think, I'm not answering the phone, right? Okay, so a nicer example. Sometimes it'll say, spam risk. Will your phone do that? It'll say, spam. I'm not, gonna, I'm not answering the phone because I don't have any desire to talk to you. Why? Because I can look down and I could see, I could see this caller ID. I know who's calling me. Can I tell you, God is calling God is calling. The Bible says that it's God's desire that no man perish, but all men come to repentance. Now, I'm not, that does not mean universalism. That does not mean everybody's going to be saved. But it does mean that God has a desire for all men to be saved. That's his desire. And he's calling. And he's calling. Let me tell you something. You know what people are doing? Putting it off and rejecting and one day, like Hezekiah, you remember when Hezekiah, the prophet told Hezekiah, he said, it's, you, it's time. 
Now, Hezekiah prayed and got 15 more years. It's a great story. But someday your soul is going to be required of thee. And when we leave this world, whether that be through death or it be through after the tribulation, whatever, however we leave this world, it's going to be too late to do whatever we were going to do. Across the board, number one, it's going to be too late to be saved. Nobody dies, okay? Nobody dies and then has another opportunity to be saved. Nobody. Nobody that has heard the gospel will have a chance to be saved in the tribulation period. Okay? So this is the time. Now is the time. Today's the day. Now is the acceptable time, the scripture says. Today's the day of salvation. So you're not going to have another chance to, to get saved than you have right now. Why do I say that? Because I don't know if I have tomorrow. Listen to me. I might, I might drop dead of a heart attack before the message is over. Some of y'all thinking, hopefully, you know. I mean, when are you going to finish this thing? But we don't know, do we? We have absolutely no idea. So the things we want to get done course salvation but then other things we procrastinate we procrastinate we procrastinate we say i'm going to do it tomorrow i'm going to do it next week i'm going to do it next month i'm going to do it next year my my aunt and uncle um chuck and alice they they had a, a large part in um their you've heard me talk about their daughter hazel uh that was wendy's best friend and had a large part in me going to church and getting saved and all that. And, and, and Aunt Alice and Uncle Chuck were going to be celebrating their, I don't remember, 60th anniversary or 50, whatever it was. And, um, and they said, you know what? Why don't we do it early? And they renewed their vows and they did all these things a couple years early. And Aunt Alice went in for a, a routine procedure and, and died. And they never got to that anniversary but they got it done while they were thinking about it. Do you know how important that is? God is calling us not only to salvation, but God is calling us to service. Let's get busy about our Father's business. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heads are bowed this morning. Our eyes are closed. Maybe you're here this morning. You've never been saved. You've never placed your faith and trust.